Let's start out very, very basic. Will a six pack help me as a soccer player? Logically. Why pre-game meals are important. If you do strength training, you can generate more force on the ground. It will take you less stride to get that ball. Until you get there, you can make that up with hard work and dedication and training. On top of it, right? So if you're a player that has little to no training history, imagine the, the gains and speed that you can get in such a short period of time because you're doing things. This is why strength training is important. I don't care how you do your strength training. I don't. You know, some people like to go to the gym. I just wanted to double down on that really quick. The point is, you have to get stronger. Hello, soccer players. Welcome to the latest episode of the Soccer Fitness Experience. And me, your co-host, Annie, with my man, man, Berg. Berg, how you doing today, bro? Chilling, man, chilling. You know, just took a fresh shower, like I was telling you. You know, I feel ready. I haven't had my morning coffee yet, so. Uh, I, I don't drink coffee, but maybe our special guest today does. We have a very special guest Erica Suter, strength coach out of Baltimore and Maryland. Erica, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you guys? Thanks for Good. having me. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Good. I know you, you drop all sorts of fire when it comes Bomb. to youth strength and conditioning and strength and conditioning in general, especially for soccer. Um, so do you want to give us a brief intro as to like who you are, where you're at, things like that? Yeah, sure. So I'm a full-time strength coach in Baltimore, Maryland, and I've been in the game of soccer for over 20 years. So I played in college, I played internationally, and now I am working at a performance facility where I mainly train soccer players um, starting at the middle school level all the way through college. But I would say more than half of my clients are um, teenage female athletes. So that that's like a very interesting population, right? And what made you want to get into youth sports and how is it different from kind of adult? Right. I started strength and conditioning when I was in eighth grade and I did it all the way through college. So for me, I've seen the benefits of performance training for over a decade and not just physically, not just for the speed of my game and being resilient from injury, but more so just the mental benefits and being able to stay healthy beyond sport and when my career ends. So I really want to share that with youth athletes now. And I really just love working with kids. I don't really think I want to deal with adults all day. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's pretty interesting and you know with with kids they're very I don't even want to say kids just younger younger athletes in general um they all vary in terms of how they are physically right so mm -hmm. can you give us like a brief overview of what if uh, as a young athlete what you should be looking to develop like how does that development look like mm-hmm so the, the youngest I start with is probably like 10, 10 years old. And so that we're looking at more of like the middle school group, 10 to 10 to 13 year old kids. And what I'm looking for in that population is can they move in a healthy way and have they nailed down basic motor skills? So basic motor skills being balance, coordination, spatial awareness, um, upper body strength, lower body strength. And it's, it's funny because a lot of middle school kids come to me and I'm amazed that 
no one can balance on one leg for more than five seconds. Really? And yeah, yeah. And that's really concerning because a lot of sports involve a balanced opponent, especially soccer, because you're changing direction. You're decelerating off, decelerating off of one leg, accelerating off of one leg. You're trying to shoot the ball by balancing on one leg. So that's been a big one for me is, is balance. And then just general movement, being able to be coordinated in a, in a contralateral fashion. Um, a lot of kids just have very wacky coordination. And mm. when, when they're sprinting, it just doesn't look smooth. It just looks like they're setting themselves up for an injury. So I'm really big on contralateral coordination, meaning moving the opposite arm and leg simultaneously. So it seems like the emphasis, you know, when you're about, when you're in that middle school stage is um, a balance. And uh, you said, you said upper body strength. Um, what do you like, what kind of like training are you doing to, for, um, to those kids? I mean, for those kids, so they can um, up their upper body strength. Are you using weight? Are you using um, general, um, using their own body weight um, to do this? Like, are you using pull-up, push-up? Like, give me a, like, like a flash of that training. Yeah, sure. Yeah, with the, with the middle school group, definitely starting with a lot of body weight strength training. Um, so uh, different crawling variations. Oh, okay. Using um, to see them, because they're using their own body weight, and when they're crawling, they say it's really hard with just their own body weight. So really starting from the ground up, and then I'm a big fan of pull-up and chin-up variations. So with the younger kids who are new to pull-ups, we might be using assistant bands or just doing like a hold over the bar and seeing how long they can hold it. Um, I'm using a lot of TRX stuff because they can adjust uh, their angle and the, and the challenge of the exercise based on how they're feeling. So yeah, I would say just starting with a lot of body weight. And then when you get into more of the high school level, maybe weighted chin-ups, um, okay. different dumbbell rowing variations, uh, overhead presses, that kind of stuff. You know, the reason why I ask you is because, um, you know, I have a couple, I had a couple of parents um, message me um, a couple months ago and they're saying that, you know, they don't have their, their kids do any of that strength training um, because they worry that, you know, their kid's not going to grow. They're worrying about like a fracture, like a, like a end of the bone fracture kind of thing. So it's, it's, I think it's important that, you know, people know that it's, it's strength training. It's not just about, you know, people think in, they immediately link it to lifting weight, you know, like, yeah. like the kind of bodybuilding training, but, you know, strength training typically is not really, you know, there's many different ways to strength train. And, and one, one thing you said there, Berg, is parents are scared with weightlifting that their kid's going to get hurt. But the way I see it is it is worse if a kid is just playing their sport 24 seven and not strength training, that's when they're going to get hurt. So that that's more of a concern for me than them holding a, a dumbbell and doing like a goblet squat. That's probably safer for them than doing all these practices and technical trainings. It's <laughs> good. Agreed. Agreed. And we, we, let's go back to the upper body for a second there. Why can you explain to me why upper body strength training is beneficial for soccer players? Other than the fact that, you know, sometimes you got to push someone away if they're too big. Yeah. I, I think a lot of people, when they think of upper body strength for soccer players, that's the first thing they say. 
is they need to be able to hold a defender off the ball. And yes, that's true. But for me, it's more about speed development because a lot of athletes aren't using their arms when they're running. And in order to be able to produce power up top through your arms and your arm swing when you're sprinting, you need upper body strength from the posterior chain. Um, and then just beyond that, a, a lot of the female athletes, especially who come to me and we're doing pull-ups every day they come in, they just have a newfound confidence in themselves and mm -hmm. the way they carry themselves on the field because they have a strong core, they have a strong back, they just feel good. So there's definitely something to say about the mental benefits of upper body strength for soccer players. And that's always a, you know, accomplishing those, those little goals, man, able to do like 10 push-ups or 10 pull-ups at a young age. That's, that's really huge. I remember yeah. when I was able to do like 10 pull-ups one time, I was, like, I was psyched. Yeah. And, and it's funny. I had a, a college girl go into a D1 program this year as a freshman and they did their pull-up test and she texted me and she was like, I just out pull up the entire team <laughs> as a freshman. And like, can you, can you imagine the confidence in that girl Huge. going into freshman year of college? And she, she ended up starting, she was leading scorer, like just crazy. <laughs> so I think that is such a good example of what just strength training can do for people beyond physical performance. Totally agree, yeah, and onto the whole confidence thing, right? So imagine if someone's, like, nice and strong. Imagine what it does to the other team, too, because, you know, like, mm -hmm. I personally, like, when I go against another team and I see that everyone's, like, 6'2 and, like, you know, all jacked up and muscular, I get scared. <laughs> yeah. like, you know, they, they defeated me before the game even started. So, like, yeah. the confidence is real, you know? Yeah, it's all about the way you carry yourself. And I, I see a lot of soccer players who don't, don't strain train walking on onto the field with like a slouch posture and just not sure of themselves but like you said Andy when you see that team that is just walking on all, all jacked and feeling good it's like oh shoot <laughs> yeah, I can smell the loss already <laughs> yeah, even yeah. <laughs> so before we move on to um, what players should be doing in high school is there any other points of development that you feel like a player should have nailed down before they start high school um, gosh, I, I mean, just the, the basic motor skills are key, but I think in the middle school group, you can start working on the main strength movement. So some of my middle school kids are already squatting and, and deadlifting with weight. Once we've mastered, wow. yeah, once we've mastered the squat pattern and the hip hinge, we're, we're hex bar deadlifting. We're doing goblet squats. We're doing kettlebell front loaded squats. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's totally safe again, as long as they're monitored by a professional and, and they're doing good form, it is totally safe. And, and like I said earlier, I think contact sports can be more dangerous than lifting weights sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Agreed. So as a middle school athlete, what would you say the best way to accomplish this goal in being strong? Like what's the best way to, to kind of find someone that can help you go about this path? Mm -hmm. Well, there's, I mean, it's, you need to have a qualified strength coach and it, you can't do it on your own as a kid. And I, I don't care if your dad was a, a, a football coach back in 
like 1970s. No, like go find a, a strength coach who has a niche. If you're a youth baseball player, youth soccer player, find a strength coach in your niche who knows the game and who knows what you need. And another thing is to be consistent. S stick with it. I, I can't tell you how many times I've talked to parents and they're like, oh, well, we'll just train with you one time a week for two months. And I'm like, well, I can't, I can't help you guys. <laughs> I, I can't help it. If you're not consistent with a, a physical development program, you're going to get nothing out of it. And by consistent, I mean, this is, we're in it for the long haul. We're in it for more than a year's time. <laughs> yeah. If anything, like you need, <clears throat> you need volume to be able to, you know, get to those changes. It takes about like, four to six weeks and sometimes like even more, <clears throat> especially when you're a beginner to start yeah. seeing like the result of strength training. Oh yeah. I mean, I have a group of middle school boys and it, I've been with them for a year and a half and we're just all starting to see real wow. speed development. Yeah. And, and, the, and I told the parents started because they're like, well, when can we see changes in speed? And it was like two weeks in. <laughs> like give me a year just give me a year like I'm totally honest with you guys <laughs> but but the way I see it is it's a lot like school homework if a kid's doing their math homework once every other week are they really gonna progress to like algebra or calculus or get to the next level no you're, you're not getting better so it's the same thing as everything else school soccer skill development everything the best thing about the strength training aspect, it, it, it teaches them discipline. That's, that's what I like about it. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's move on to high school, right? So if you're a high school athlete, you know, you, it, it's a very busy time in their life, right? You got oh, yeah. school cranking up, you got SATs, you got sports, um, you got college. Like how, from a strength and conditioning perspective, how do you even like first set it as a priority with all these other aspects in their lives? Especially when they're playing like two or three sports at the same time too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, gosh, it's, it's an uphill battle and I'm, I'm in my seventh year now and this is the first year that I've gotten almost all my athletes, high school athletes to do at least twice a week throughout the entire year. <laughs> So even, uh, even in-season training when everyone's playing like high school lacrosse and other sports and just they're drowning in homework, like I somehow convinced everyone to keep going. <laughs> but I just, again, I give them the, the homework analogy and I tell them like, I don't want you guys to train with me in the off season for two months and then fall off the wagon and then you come back in the summer and I got to reteach you everything. And we're basically starting over again. So um, I just try to have a very honest conversation with them. And especially if they want to play in college, like this is the college template. You're, tr you're doing strength training year round with your strength coach. So in terms of development, kind of like as opposed to the, uh, the younger crowd in middle school, what are you looking for in a high school athlete? Mm-hmm. High school athletes, we're, we're more, more going to focus in on hypertrophy and like real strength gains. So as far as the strength component, I'm, I'm really looking at posterior. So I'm, I'm testing their, their deadlifts, um, their, their pull-ups, and then speed, power development, and high-intensity conditioning. 
Okay. So which is gonna play which is gonna play a bigger role in um <clears throat> acceleration, um, jumping power, yeah, that kind of stuff. Can you tell a little bit can you be a little bit more um can you explain a little bit more about hypertrophy? Some of our listeners don't won't really understand what hypertrophy means. Yeah, so usually in the off season I start with um a high volume phase of training, so that's really what hypertrophy is is doing high volume in all the lifts so that their their muscles are able to adapt to strength training and then so that will that phase will usually last about eight to ten weeks and then after that we're doing like a six to eight week strength phase with more um low rep and high load lifts so that they're really gaining some strength okay gotcha and and for the most part the movements stay the same in both phases there might be some variety and some progression um so as an example we might be starting off with high rep uh, goblet squats in the hypertrophy phase and then in the strength phase um low rep goblet squats or maybe changing the squat variation to like a zercher squat um, just so that they're they're progressing and adapting a little bit more gotcha I'm sure um, several of your players, they go on to play college and maybe like semi-pro or things like that. Before you kind of send them off and have them go on their whole new adventure, what are some of the the key aspects of strength and conditioning that you make sure they have down pat before they leave? Mm-hmm. I just, I want them to know every every movement that they're going to learn in college. So the, the big ones, deadlift, squats, push-ups, pull-ups, all the lunge variations, uh, box jumps, whether that's a double leg, single leg. So any, any kind of jump variation, bounding, um, definitely nail down their running mechanics. So the contralateral, coming back to the contralateral coordination, I'm, I'm reinforcing that every session with even my oldest athletes. Um, and then just being prepared for the conditioning demands. I think that's like the one where most people miss especially with the soccer audience they're they're doing a lot of like long distance aerobic work (laughs) Um, but I I really like to do high intensity work so getting them above uh, 90% of their heart rate max or sometimes 95% of their heart rate max and being able to prolong that for a long period of time yeah that's what's going to help you with stamina on the pitch not the long distance one oh yeah Erica, I don't know if yeah. I ever told you this. The I think in the past year, the time I felt most tired on the soccer field was right after I was training for a half marathon. Because like it's yeah. it, it's completely different training and your your body's going to adapt and it's gonna do things that it's going to need to excel in that sport. So training for a half marathon is very different than training for a soccer game. And oh, yeah. your body's going to change. So I just want to emphasize, so listening out there, these long eight, nine, 10 mile runs, they're not going to help you. Well, they're, they're going to help you in a way, but you're going to get much better bang for your buck if you kind of go about it in a different way. Yeah. And I think a lot of soccer players, when they, when they condition it, is that, that long distance work. And even if they are doing the high intensity runs like 300 shuttles or Tabatas I don't think they're going as hard as they should be 
So that's why maybe they should have a strength coach in, in high school to prepare them for that or um, monitor with uh, um, heart rate. I know everyone has an Apple watch nowadays and there's heart rate monitors on there. Um, or just training with a group so that you guys are competing and really pushing each other to that high intensity zone. So it's, it's got to be above at least, I'd say, 85% of your heart rate. <laughs> mm-hmm. Heart so rate max, sorry. As, as these players move into college, right, and you have experience as a, as a collegiate soccer player, how, how does fitness play a role in soccer player or as a soccer player through college? Are you, are you talking about conditioning or um, just everything? Just everything in general. Like, you know, yeah. the, the whole lifestyle and like how fitness preparation is going to help you during a game and everything in general. Yeah. 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 Well, the, the college game is just, it's getting more fast paced. Um, definitely more rough in, in the men's and women's game. So just from an injury prevention standpoint, um, the schedule's super demanding. So I know some D1 programs are playing two, three games a week. That's so a, what? being able to be resilient for those weekends, yeah. <laughs> three games a week? Yeah. yeah that's, 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 that's asking for injury. Yeah. There. Wow. So it's, it's, it's like, what are, what are you doing to prepare for the, the rigorous schedule? And again, just coming back to the, the mental, um, the mental piece is just being confident when you go into college as a freshman, because a lot, you'll look at a lot of the seniors and they're like towering over you and you're like, wow, I didn't know people people could get this much bigger than me, but they do. <laughs> um, so just being able to feel like you're, you are strong enough and capable enough as a freshman to, to give you the confidence to, to step in there and, and crush your preseason. Okay. Does any of that play a role in, in recruitment as well? Like you say you have oh, yeah. an edge. Yeah. Oh. So I, I help uh, Johns Hopkins university recruit. And when girls are coming to the ID camps, I am looking for the physical piece because by then everyone should know the game. They should be tactically sound. Everyone should be technical and, and have their skills developed at this level. Now I'm looking for that extra edge. Are you fast? Can you run off the ball? Um, can you turn quickly, change direction and crack a shot? I'm looking for those little pieces um, of the physical component. So if you guys are out there, that's a massive knowledge drop right there. If you're looking to play college <laughs> soccer, you need to go back and re-listen to that and take notes because that's a big piece right there that can set you apart. Yep. <laughs> so you're – you, you, <laughs> you wrote this, this book, right, Total Youth Soccer Fitness. Tell us more about that, the reasoning behind that, and kind of where you see it going from here. Yeah. So I started it over a year and a half ago, and I – I wrote it because I just saw a need for more, more of a program for coaches and even parents to execute with their youth soccer players as far as the, the physical development component. So it's, it's basically everything we just talked about in this podcast, but in a more detailed way, there's, I think it's over 100 pages of video and text content. So it includes coordination drills, um, running mechanics, 
agility, change of direction, um, how to safely progress kids with all the strength movements. And then there's a piece on mental, mental skills and sports psychology for kids and, and helping them to develop the confidence in themselves, both on the field and off the field. So it's, it's really just a, a library of what I've done over the years in my uh, performance coaching career. It's crazy just how even, even a youth athlete now needs, um, you know, a piece of um, psychology for the game just shows you like if we listen if we don't have freak athlete free soccer athlete in like 10 years so we, we, we're doing something wrong yeah <laughs> yeah definitely it, it doesn't always have to be like a, a formal um like sports psychologist it could be a strength coach because you spend so much time with your athletes that you get to develop a good relationship with them hopefully and you get to you know, trust them and get to know them. And sometimes they just need someone to talk to, you know, and that, that could always be you. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, for any strength coach out there, it's, it's important to know the, the science behind all this and the X's and O's of performance training. But as good as your program is, your youth athletes will only stick with it if they trust you and respect you and I, I'm starting to really realize that in, in year seven that my athletes want a good experience when they're coming into the gym and they, they want to have fun. And my goal is to make sure they feel empowered every time they leave the gym and they're leaving with a smile on their face. So I think uh, coach, even team coaches need to keep that in mind as well. Gotcha. Gotcha. And as we're kind of wrapping up here, if you had, 30 seconds to send a message to every youth soccer player out there. What would that message be? Yep. Uh, I always say your, your soccer career is only temporary, but your, your health and your lifestyle is forever. So get into good habits now as far as your fitness and it, it will help you physically and mentally for a lifetime. Well said. Well said. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today. If our listeners have questions, where can they find you? Um, Fit Soccer Queen on Instagram and Twitter. That is that is it. <laughs> That's it. Simple as that. Erica, thank yep. you so much for coming thank on you. today. Thank you very much. Guys, Thanks, guys. Will, this was awesome. We will see you next week. You're always welcome here. Have a good one.